Welcome to the Born and Raised Audio Experience. Presented by Onyx. Okay, welcome back, everybody. Born and Raised Outdoors Audio Experience. Uh, we are here with the sponsors of the podcast, and we try to get on with Zach and Dylan as much as we can, and anybody from Onyx. But uh, today we got Dylan, and Dylan, let's let's dive in right now, and let's just talk about new with Onyx. What do we got new coming out with Onyx? What uh, what's the the newest down the pipe here? Yeah, so kind of the latest thing, and it's. It is out right now. Um, by the time we or you guys get this published, it will be customer facing. Some huge upgrades to 3D, particularly on the web. So on the computer, obviously, if people have on X, they know you know it's most likely used on on your phone in the field. But you also get access on the computer side of things for scouting or when you're at home, so on and so forth. And a while ago, probably about a year ago or so, we we released 3D. And it was a little bit limited. It wasn't quite where we wanted it. And we, as of about even last week, released the new version of that. So it's it's essentially our 3D that we created. Um, you can now see property lines, land ownership, whether it's private or public, on the 3D. You can mark, customize, share waypoints while in 3D. Um, it's just the user experience is, is pretty awesome compared to you know what we were working with before. So I'm personally really excited for that one. Um, tags are out right now. I unfortunately didn't draw. Well, I shouldn't say anything. I I've got an archery archery elk tag. That's pretty good, but it was about a guarantee. So nothing super spectacular, but I've been on, uh, the, the updated 3d this past week scouting and it's, it's pretty sweet. Sweet. You live in Montana, okay? You can't you can't yeah. bitch about what tags you didn't draw. I don't yeah. know if you live in Montana. No, if you if yeah, <laughs> if, the t- if I would have drawn a tag, it would have been moose sheep or goat, yeah. mostly or once in a lifetime meal deer. So seems um, like if you live in Montana, you have no less than ten tags in your pocket at, at all yeah, times. Honestly, probably more. Yeah, <laughs> Montana got pissed at us, and uh, Trent didn't draw. I didn't draw. Trevor didn't draw. Well, the only people that drew from our crew were people that didn't draw or didn't even apply, haven't even applied yet in Montana. Really? And yeah, well, Troy, Troy and Steve both have tags. So. That's cause they uh, watched the videos last year and you guys came <laughs> out and you guys decimated our, our good meal deer population. <laughs> <won't lie>. week. <laughs> they put us on the bench. I yeah, they, yeah, they, saw, they saw Cody's buck and they're like, yeah, let's uh, put these guys to the side for four or five years. Four yeah. or five. Four or five. <laughs> Oh, that was awesome. Yeah. Uh, getting back to the getting back to the scouting, the e-scouting, everything. We get a lot of a uh, lot of feedback. I think a big big thing is is how do I e-scout? Right? How do I? What is the best way to e-scout? And I just actually fielded a, a email today on that exact question. Like, I have Onyx, but what's the best way to e-scout? What am I looking for? And I mean, we mm-hmm. could go for you know, 10 hours on that question alone. But at the same time, is there anything that you can like say, Dylan, as far as like the, the, what do you look for while e-scouting? I think, yeah, we get that question a lot too. Um, and that's why even this past year and this year too, we're going to, a big initiative in say July, August, September, leading up into the seasons, um, 
we're going to be pumping some e-scouting content, um, working with you guys to create new e-scouting content. And really, I think it's so nuanced. Like, uh, you know, I said, I didn't draw really many good tags, but Zach, who, um, was supposed to be on the call and isn't able to make it like he drew a pretty good, a really good rifle elk tag in Montana. Um, I think with 12 or 13, 14 points, something like that. Yeah. His dad drew, uh, an even slightly better rifle elk tag in Montana this year. And then two of our really good friends, one of them works at on X, um, twin brothers. One of them drew mountain goat, Montana. One of them drew moose. And so we've got, you know, I've got a plenty busy fall, especially with a newborn child here. So I've got uh, a lot of e-scouting opportunities, not a ton for myself in areas that will be new, but, um, you know, I guess my point there is how we're going to e-scout for my buddy's mountain goat tag is going to be completely different. You know what we're going to be looking for. And honestly for that, you know, we'll have to do some research because I've never hunted mountain goat, so I don't know what to look for. Um, but access, right. I mean, it's like just the overall, I think the big picture, the easiest thing to go about it. It's like, we're, what's the land of land look like? How do I get into those certain exactly. areas? Um, yep. you know, yeah. Cause that particular unit, that's a great point. That particular unit, um, you know, I haven't dove in it, dove into it too much, but there's some really easy access points. And then there's some access that you can hike through like a wilderness say, and you got to hike several miles in, which is going to lend itself to like a baby hunt. You know, it's, you're not going to day hunt from, from that side or whatever. So, um, access is huge. The, the glaring obvious would be private public, um, you know, which is most of the reason why, why most folks are attracted to Onyx or, or have Onyx is like, it starts with, okay, is that private or public? Can I hunt it? What's the game management unit? And then they find all the nuances, like the, the specific hunt layers, whether it's, okay, I want to hunt elk in this burn, you know, turn on the burn layer or there, there's a ton of different things, but access and private and public are kind of the, the glaring obvious ones to start with. But, you know, to, to that question too, um, I know you guys have created some e-scouting content in the past using on X, um, as well as some of our other ambassadors. And that's kind of where we, we rely on folks like your guys' expertise for that. So if somebody comes to us and they're like, Hey, how do I, how do I go about e-scouting for elk? Like I drew this tag, um, where would I start? Like, honestly, we're going to send folks your guys way and be like, Hey, born and raised created this awesome 20 minute e-scouting video. Um, you know, Elk's kind of their, their bread and butter. Like go, go listen to those guys. That's a no. good point. That's a good point. Like the whole mountain goat's going to be a totally different realm than elk, than mm-hmm. probably deer, mule deer, rut stuff like Montana rut or something like that's it. That's a good point really. Or like high country, you know, mule deer versus Montana, you know, honestly, during the rut and not the rut, that's an, another big one. I, you know, I think you guys have seen it. We probably even talked about it on previous podcasts, but a couple of years ago, I was in, uh, not even going to say what side of the state in Montana. He's in Montana. <laughs> come on. Everybody, come on. everybody knows. Um, was hunting mule deer in the rut and shot one of my best whitetails and while well, mule deer hunting, but I guess moral of the story there is we were looking for tiny little slivers of public because we knew that those bucks were cruising pretty much all day. Like it was early to mid rut. Um, they're going to be moving back and forth. And so I wasn't really like e-scouting looking for, okay, this is habitat that a buck is going to live in, stay in, like not really move. I was looking for areas where it's like, okay, well that's a, I know that's a private ranch or a private 
piece of property that probably doesn't allow hunting or maybe it's leased up and people are paying high dollar to go hunt deer there. What's like the one piece of BLM or state or whatever that juts into it that I could go sit on in glass. And that's exactly how I shot that whitetail is we were sitting there. It was like a quarter by half section, like a without, yeah, tiny little section. And we were sitting on it and no fences, no anything. So, I mean, shameless plug here but literally without on x like i would not have been yeah. comfortable to step foot on it because it's there's no fences but anyways we're sitting on it and some we're watching some smaller mule deer and the white tail that i ended up shooting pushed the doe right up through it and was like studying the app right as he crossed i'm like okay he's good you know waited for him to i think another 15 20 yards or whatever and shot him um but yeah like to your point there during the rut versus not during the rut i'm going to e-scout definitely differently yeah. for sure yeah there's definitely some misconceptions on what onyx is not capable of and i think you know people still think you got to have cell service the offline side of it isn't fast isn't detailed like there's a lot of things that i think you guys have done really really good over the last few years and the improvements and always kind of pushing that envelope so hats off on that sure. yeah yeah thanks and i mean I've been I've been at Onyx for about six years now, so I've seen seen it from kind of the the starting point to the app to where it is today. Um, and a lot of that is technology advancements with the phones and the GPSs and just the tech technology in general. But um, yeah, to that point, you know, you can use it offline just as if I was using it with Wi-Fi right now, and it's really no different. Um, it's no slower, no different. You know, you can still mark waypoints, turn layers on and off depending on what you want to see. Um, yeah, it's, it's came a long ways in even the last couple of years. Have you heard anything in the rumors of like 5g and when that's coming out and what that will do for, I personally have not. Um, I'm sure there's some folks within the company that are on top of that and are in the know there, but I haven't, haven't heard too much yet. Copy. That'd be cool though. Yeah. We are, we are, uh, working on implementing some, some save maps or offline use uh, upgrades right now as well. So stay tuned for that. Can't really speak too much on it, but um, you're going to be able to customize the map a little bit more um, and save pretty much just customizing what you want to save all around. So it's going to be pretty cool. I know the sharing side of things is something that we've actually used quite a bit since it came out, just uh, sharing your waypoints with other people for bear camp or for whatever it may be. Um, that's been, that's actually been really, really big for us as far as a neat, a neat different version. So I will share all of your waypoints with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to find I'm going to find you guys mule deer waypoint. I know people are scared about security, but there oh, is no absolute way you could even know what my account is. Correct. In the back no, yeah. unless you no, unless you uh, gave me your login and password. Um, that's about the extent of it. But yeah. if I do find it, I think I can auction it off for a few, few dollars. Hey, that but, looks dead. It. it doesn't matter. I'll yeah. share it. I'll share it. Well, I'll share it. Yeah, that that buck has brothers and it's got and, it. uh, grandfathers out there somewhere. Yeah, it's got to. Oh man, this brings us into our next topic, which we could probably talk about for hours. Is uh, tags the big draw? So Oregon is kind of last to the plate, aren't they? Pretty much. For the most part, I think every other state is out except Idaho residents. I know they don't find out till like maybe 
since as late as July right. on some of the elk and deer stuff. But so yeah, we just came out with uh, allocated tags for Oregon, and this is the first time in the history of my life, I think, that I could say I drew a tag. Uh, my last one was a Heart Mountain tag, which was I think it was 16 years ago. No, 17, because I have 16, 16 deer points now. So, yeah, my last tag drawn was 17 years ago. So, something different, obviously. But, uh, Cody, uh, go ahead. Just just go ahead and Drum roll. brag it up. <laughs> uh, well, I was 16, seven, 17 years old the last time I drew a elk tag, so 21 years ago. Um, cashed in some points. Steve and I drew – one of the better units in the state. Pretty excited about that. It's, uh, it's crazy. I was going through Cody and I was just kind of adding up and I'm terrible at math. So, but I, it's close. I think this year, just in points, just with the few tags that we drew, I think between Troy and me and you and Steve, I think we burned like, like 64 points, 64 years of applications. <laughs> Singapore. That's a boatload, man. That's a ton. So, so anyway. that, uh, that take Cody, is that archery rifle? Is that something you're, you're willing to disclose or? Yeah, no, it's, it's archery. So we'll archery. spend, yeah, we'll spend, uh, about three weeks of the season over there. So we'll spend, and then Troy and our good friend, Matt Elliott from WorkSharp, they drew a West side tag for Roosevelt. So we're going to actually spend some time with them. The first half, first part of the season. Um, and then, peel over east and it's kind of weird not like putting on ten thousand miles in the month of september driving all over the western u.s we'll we'll stick you around have no idea how, how excited i am to stay <laughs> yeah. I bet. Like, oh man eight hour trip oh okay we yeah. used to do that overnight just well to- yeah i i know how uh that worked because i think last year i got a text on like tuesday evening or something it's like Hey, are you around in Montana? I think we might be up there tomorrow. It's like, where are you? <laughs> Trent goes, I don't know where you were, Colorado somewhere. or somewhere, Wyoming. You're like, yeah. well, if we yeah. start driving now, I'll be there by this time. And I was like, yeah. hey, you boys are got to be tired of the road. See you in the morning. Yeah, no, it's definitely true. We do it's it, the road warrior thing. I, I think when we first started doing it, it was the adventure, which it's still the adventure. Don't get me wrong, but you know, it's like, oh man, I've never seen these places. I've never been to this kind of country before. And then after a few years into, you're like, okay, we got an overnighter, boys. <laughs> so let's uh, <laughs> grab the rock star and let's seat into this thing. So uh, yeah, it's 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 definitely a. A labor of love at that point, but but yeah. So and I drew a tag. It's a rifle, pew 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 tag. So which is really different, I think, than our normal. We've been getting into rifle a little bit in the last couple of years, but um, yeah, it, it should be one of Oregon's better units, and then uh, elk rifle. So nice. We're thinking four ten, four fifteen, <laughs> somewhere in there. Something yeah. Like that. Yeah, don't want to set don't want to set the bar too high, but no, no, no. I'm being realistic. I'm being yeah. realistic. So, or four. the first, or the first good four point that comes in front of us. Yeah. <laughs> are you are you going to let him shoot the first good four point that comes in front of him, Cody? Absolutely not. No, not giving him a bullet until we all say that's a shooter. It's like the kid the first time out hunting. It's like I'll hold your bullets and I'll hand you the gun when it's when you're ready. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's pretty much. I'll do some good dry fire practice though. Yeah. So, yeah. 
That's no, awesome. hopefully it'll be interesting this year with um, another thing that's going to play a huge factor, I think, in, in our hand is is we're, you know, we're kind of on a drought right now. It's been terrible as far as getting rain that we need. So all those things, I think, are going to play a big factor, and especially like the west side of things with the Roosevelt um, hunting. And it, it'll be interesting to see what happens this year and yeah. how it all plays out. Fire, fires are scary, and that's yeah. you know, it's definitely a, a need for the whole ecosystem and all that. Um, but fingers crossed, it doesn't land in those particular areas, you know, this this fall. So yeah, no, we're we're hurting for moisture over here too. And this is I shouldn't even almost bring up this subject because I am I don't know much about it. But what's your guys' take on? You know, you always hear of poor vegetation years in correlation with like, I always hear it from mule deer, right? Like, oh, this is going to be a great mule deer year in Montana because uh, we're getting a lot of moisture, a lot of vegetation, lots of feed. But I've also heard the inverse from a few knowledgeable folks, and I really haven't dove into it. Is that something that you guys know much about or are you educated on that? I will say um, the first I've ever heard of anything like that was when Steve drew his Arizona tag. And it was just like, all I could hear is from Steve and him talking to everybody, like it's a great horn growth year. And I'm like, what the heck is a horn growth year? It's a, it's a three by four, go ahead and shoot, you know, no, I'm just <laughs> but, but, um, but yeah, it, it's, it was definitely, I mean, we definitely heard it a lot from that. Yeah. Hunt. And, and I think it's just the greenery, right? The spring. Yeah. Growth. Yeah. Spring growth. And then they talk about too, is like those bulls on drought years are more brittle in their antlers. They, they, they're broken up. They break tines a lot more. Uh, the, way, over, the way Steve was talking, it could be like a 20-inch deal. Yeah. Like yeah. a swing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, I've heard that, and, you know, I've kind of seen, you know, there's so many variables that go into it, but mule deer in eastern Montana, like, I hunt consistent places. So a lot of times, like, this this past season, I saw probably six or seven bucks that I 100% recognized from the season before. Um, and it was just interesting to kind of watch them, like, and, you know, like, oh, I think that was that buck and pull up an old phone scope or video or something and be like, oh, it for sure was. Just interesting to see like the the growth. Um, but yeah, I want to say somebody who was pretty knowledgeable about it almost told me the inverse one time. And I, I'm i going to do some research after this. I'll let you guys know what I find. But I just always find it interesting because it's not something I ever thought of. But when you start talking about, you know, once in a lifetime tags or this or that, like, you know, you think about it. I think it'd be really, especially if you do have multiple pictures and then you have like said, okay, this is the same buck that I saw last year. I think it'd be really cool to like delve into what is the average mule deer on an average, you know, not a great genetic buck or whatever, mm-hmm. just an average, just to see if like, I don't know, maybe next year you can target something like that. I don't know if that's even a real thing. We've never done it for sure, but yeah, uh, <laughs> but, yeah. But I'm, I'm just, you know, was it pretty cool to see the growth and how much? I wasn't super stoked about the growth, <laughs> like pretty much all the same deer, um, kind of looked like the same buck, you know, but a lot of them were like, a, I would say about a two year old to a three year old or a three year old to a four year old. Um, we're not talking like old age class of deer cause I would have been shooting and less looking and studying, but, um, yeah, no, it, it's super cool. Like the buck I shot this past year, I had never seen the year before. Um, but yeah, it's, I find it more so interesting and before like you know i would be like oh what is that buck score and now like i find myself being like okay that that buck's definitely like five or six year old buck like he's mature i don't care if he's a 
heavy two by three, like to me that excite, it excites me a little bit more and that's just all personal stuff. But yeah, I, I find it interesting. It's pretty cool to like see the same animal and be like, Oh, well, it, you know, it's a mile and a half. And honestly to, to kind of dive full circle back into on X, like we hunt this place. Part of it is uh, private that I've asked. We have access to my dad and I part of it's public. And I have been, so last year I started this, I started uh, marking waypoints for any buck that was like, you know, Oh, that could be a good buck or, you know, I kind of a cool, unique looking buck, nice buck, whatever marking waypoints there. And then adding a photo of that, that buck to the waypoint. And so like, I, I like using a phone scope or any digiscoping just to like record. Cause a lot of times, shoot, I did it this year with my buck, you know, recorded him for like an hour wasn't really sure. And then I watched the video a few more times and I was like, yeah, I'm an idiot for not shooting that deer. <laughs> so went back and, you know, just it, it, ways to go back through and like look at different angles or whatever. But anyway, screenshotting, uh, adding a, a photo of said buck on that particular waypoint. Then this year I did it with like the same deer again. And it was just interesting. Some of the bucks were in the same exact same, like draw drainage. And then some would be like one, I think was like, four and a half miles um away so it's just kind of interesting to to see where i'm seeing them and then also you know it might help next year be like oh this buck i've got two years of photos of him and maybe i'll mark that waypoint uh, a different color this year because that's the target buck i really want to try and find that buck see what he looks like this year if he made it um etc but kind of a cool cool use case for the photo waypoints it's i i've been i haven't been using photos as much but the colors mm-hmm. um especially like this last turkey season last year i did scouting color different than the hunting color this year same deal scouting possibilities and then uh different color coded for all of this year and it was so nice to be like oh yeah last year we got on a bird right here heard a gobble go to that you know yep. yeah it was it was uh i definitely next level for me for organization and management of it all. It was pretty handy. Yeah. I do the same thing. So all of my, like all my, my areas that I haven't been to or areas I want to check out or areas of interest, I put yellow, um, kind of the same thing. Cause if I'm say Turkey hunting and I've got a bunch of Turkey waypoints all, all over, I don't know which ones I've been to. Like, it just doesn't really, I've got too many waypoints. Um, but if I see a yellow one, I'm like, Oh, that, maybe I drove by and saw something there or I just looked over. I do it a lot as I'm driving down the interstate in Montana. Like I'll look up or down a road and look up and be like, Oh, that looks pretty cool. Pull it up real quick. It's public. There's access. Okay. Drop a yellow point on it. And then later if I'm e-scouting, I'll look into those areas. That's a really good idea. I think a lot of people, I think they get overwhelmed by like, okay, where do I go? How do I pull it up? Where do I, where do I start? You know, a lot of that. And I think, without actually getting out and actually being able to see the countryside and stuff, it is, it, it is kind of daunting. Like, okay, I drew unit five Oh five or whatever. And I start, well, okay, where do I start? You know? And if you do get to drive into that unit once, I think that would be a good idea as far as that goes. It gives you a lot more confidence at least. Yeah. And I think that goes circle back to like what Cody said in the beginning of where almost like, where can I, like where can I start versus where should I? Because right. some some units and some roads and stuff like the, you know, it might be a ton of public, but if there's private next to the road and there's only a couple access points, well, I guess you know where you're starting, and then you might as well figure out where you're going at that point. But 
um, yeah, I, I agree. It can be super overwhelming, especially if you get like a big unit or some tags in Montana. Well, like a general, you can hunt pretty much full state, but some even like, uh, good tags in Montana, you know, you draw a tag, you can hunt multiple units. It's like, well, shoot, where should I start? Like there's almost too much area. And I think that's an area or that's, that's something that I struggle with is when I have too many options, I'm like, no, I should go here. No, I, I like the fear of missing out. Like if I'm here, then I can't be there. And if I'm there, then maybe I should check out that other spot five miles farther. You know, it's just, I think that's a, a big struggle for me. And to, to mark those off on the map and be like, okay, I've been to this one. You know, I go there, check it out. I change that waypoint from yellow to red, or maybe I just delete it because the spot wasn't good or whatever. But um, to visually see those yellow waypoints for me is like, okay, well, here's all the spots that maybe someday I'll check out. Yeah, yeah. no, I, yeah, I, I think, um, you know, we, we kind of joke all the times like waypoints are free, you know, just like mark those things out, check them out, but then trying to not overwhelm yourself when you have, when you pull up your screen and you say, Oh, there's waypoint, you know, especially on the east scouting, yeah. like too many things t- to narrow it down. Um, yep. But. And, uh, kind of another teaser product teaser we are working on some stuff right now to where organizing um all of that data is going to be a lot easier here in the the future um don't have any dates or anything but organization of it and even possibly sharing of of that data is going to be a lot cooler here soon that way i can share all your stuff with everybody exactly yep all those all those waypoints not to go to yeah just a heads up, you may or may not have a little, little bit of people to deal with next year. Just let yeah. me know. Yeah. Just let me know. <laughs> that's <laughs> right. Good thing, good thing we only uh, give out so many tags, and that's it. Good thing it's not unlimited. Yeah. You'll have all of them. You'll have all the yeah. tag holders. No, it, it really is, though. Like, I'm glad you guys got to come out and experience it, and I can't wait till we can share camp You know, on a deer hunt in Montana because, I don't know, just growing up, like – I totally have taken it for granted. I will say that like until I started working for on X and like really getting in the hunting industry more. And, you know, I kind of always watched the videos and like, hell, I was watching your guys' videos way before on X, but, um, you know, just, I never fully understood how like awesome Montana is or, you know, or Wyoming or Idaho, <laughs> no, throw those true. in there. but no, like, I just, true. you know, you start talking to guys and you're like, well, I mean, I've been hunting mule deer since, well, 12 at the time, but now it's, it's 10 years old. You can start like an apprentice. Um, and like, I just totally took it for granted hunt bear every spring, fall mule deer. And you, you know, you've got chances at great quality of deer, um, deer, which mule deer, whitetail. I mean, you can get an elk tag every year, have some good quality elk hunting, uh, quality elk. I mean, it's there's like always 12, something. 12 weeks of season between archery and rifle, yeah. right? Like, yeah, it's huge. And like, yeah, from the springtime, honestly, probably, what are we, June right now? I would say like June, July are about the only two months where there's not really a season going that I care about, you know, um, yeah. beyond that, like, you know, up to like five different turkey tags in Montana now bear wolf lion like it can take you all the way through winter um you know you can start uh antelope archer antelope august 15th drills right into september elk uh for a month and a half and then a week break and then another 
essentially month or month and a half of, of rifle season. So that's it's pretty sweet. It's amazing to me. And that's what I learned from just coming over the last few years, just deer hunting. It was, I could not even believe it. It was like, if you're like from where we're from, if you see a fork and horn, a three point, let's say a three point blacktail, you better think really hard about shooting that thing. I mean, you better be like, okay, this could be the only one I see this year, honestly. And coming over there, the opportunity was just like, well, all right. It's not, you know, it's not, am I going to get one? And, you know, I'm not saying that for anything. It's just like, I'm trying to actually, it makes you, I don't know if this be even in the realm, but like respect the animal, look at them and actually be okay. Like which animal do I really want to try to pursue here rather than man, that's got three on one side. We better pull that trigger. You know, I know this is kind of a hot button topic of just mule deer rut overall quality quantity, you know, yeah. you do have a big influx of outer satyrs that come from the realm of shooting the first fork and horn or three point. Like, what have you heard rumblings? What are your thoughts there, and how how that approach happens for the future? So, yeah, I, I, that's a that is like the question right now. I think, and I've I've talked with quite a few folks about it. Like, there's good and bad to every every decision. There, like one of the things I was a pretty big advocate for was trying like a four point or better you know, only, but then, you know, I've talked to some knowledgeable folks, whether they have a biology background or they just have looked into this more than I have. And like they said, then you're possibly shooting out, how did they word it? So you're shooting out like the gene that you want and it's counterproductive because, you know, a big, heavy, nasty three by three that I would be absolutely beyond ecstatic to shoot, you know, a big old seven-year-old heavy three by three or heavy wide three by two. Um, you know, those bucks live on and they're breeding. And that, that at that point, they're the more dominant buck breeding the does because you've shot a f- small young four point because at two and a half years old, he was a four by four and you could shoot him. Um, so I guess when I, when I heard that, I was like, okay, like maybe I need to pump the brakes a little bit and try and understand it from both sides. Um, so I don't know. I can see pros and cons to that. One of the things I would be an advocate for personally, and that's just personal preference, um, would be kind of shortening the season a little bit. Like, I mean, we hunt mule deer for their entirety of the rut. And that is, <laughs> it's kind of weird. <laughs> you know, it's, um, it's one of those things like, yeah, ideally you'd shorten it for everybody else, but you'd still get to do it. Right. But at the end of the day, like we're, yeah, we're looking at s- saving some of the bucks for the next year and just kind of keeping that the age class up. Um, I would say shorten the season a little bit, maybe, or do, I wouldn't say do a Colorado approach, but to somewhat where, okay, you guys are coming out to Montana, which tag do you want to apply for? Like the season, you know, first week or second week, because you only get one of them. Um, And yeah, actually I had a really lengthy, good conversation with uh, um, Jared Lyle about, at Huntful about the same thing. And that was kind of his idea of like, you know, here's what, what you could do. And I think the shortening seasons or choosing your season would be pretty sweet. And it really wouldn't affect you guys that much coming out because you're not, I wouldn't say that you're going to make multiple trips out to Montana anyways, right? Like you're going to come for right. a week. So yeah, yeah um, I, would agree. I think that'd be pretty cool, but yeah, you're going to pick that week, you know? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, I mean, 
I don't know. You always hear no matter what, like I'm sure I'll say it someday too, but you always hear, Oh, back in the day, like there used to be mega giants running around or that the deer hunting or the elk hunting used to be so much better back in the day, back in the day, this back in the day that, but really like, I, I mean, you guys saw it. Everybody watched it. You guys come out like we are getting more competition, but we're still regulating the tags. At the end of the day, there's X number of folks that can come to Montana and that, you know, what's going to hurt is the draw. And that you guys saw that this year, if you tried to put in and nobody drew, um, I think that's going to hurt more than like the age class or population. Painful, painful. You guys, you know, and, and I think this is one thing for the listeners. Like we joke about, the scenario being bummed out we didn't draw but overall it's really cool to see the excitement everything else that that people are you know trying to do that and doing the things that we've said for a long time like hey anyone can go do this you know it takes a little bit of work whatever else um so i i think people that are bummed out about that are just selfish because in the overall goal of it like if we don't if this board is not growing it's dying and, yep. you know, I think to get some other people excited about it when an issue comes up, case in point, like in Montana, had some regulation changes this last spring. It came to the awareness via social. People chimed in on their opinions on, you know, how they, they could have changed the tag allocation dramatically um, through the outfitter program, landowner stuff that would have even made it harder for people to get some tags. So. But people voiced their opinion and they got, you know, kicked back down and lessened the blow per se. So, yeah, I think it's a good thing for participation. You know, it's uh, overall, yeah, it can be challenging at times to get away from people, but it's all part of the game and the puzzle and how things fall down. Yeah, I think I think right now, too. And like, you know, kind of going with what Cody was saying, but right now it's amazing how many people are getting outdoors. It's amazing how many, I was just talking to Blake this morning from Mountain House who drew a sheep tag, of course. Anyway, I, yeah, not better, not better at all, Um, but it's so awesome. But um, anyway, and like just the Mountain House sales, he says they cannot, they can't even come close to keeping up with the demand right now with people just getting outdoors. I, I don't know if it's the COVID thing or if it's the, uh, got my stimulus check thing maybe huh no big deal but um it's uh yeah people are actually getting outdoors and we noticed that like in the spring bear applications in our own in our own state they were up how many percent cody was it 30, it was like 30 percent that's nuts in one year that is nuts. So it's it's telling us that a lot more people are getting out there, getting active, and it's not just going for camping and, and recreating outside. It's actually going to hunting, too. So I'm curious to see what this does in the next couple of years because, you know, like we used to draw Montana every single year, or I have for the mm-hmm. last two or three years now, and it didn't, which is fine, totally fine. But at the same time, I'm just curious to see what this does with the tag allocations, with um, with all of that wildlife side of things. Yeah. I mean, you saw it in Colorado this year too with, I mean, the one that I was focused on was mill deer. Cause we were, I was trying to figure out if I was going to try and cash in on a couple points this year or not. And, uh, after seeing the numbers, it was like, Oh shoot, there was, there's a definite spike. And I think part of that is, you know, there's rumor rumors start where, Oh, this is going to be the year to do it. Or next year is going to be the year to do it. And then you get, it's yeah. a compounding effect, but, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it'll be interesting to see if it kind of tails off or, 
if, if the trend continues up, cause we definitely saw it too. Um, you know, like you said, whether it's COVID year and people are, are wanting to get out cause they've been cooped up or they've got a few extra bucks in their pocket and they, they want to spend it on the outdoor industry. I mean, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if it kind of tails off or continues on an upward trend. Yeah. yeah. And I think each state, it seems like goes in waves, right? I think a lot of people forget that Idaho used to sell out of non-resident tags. I don't know what years it were. It was like late two thousands. And then it went back to the, where you could basically buy a tag during season, buy a second tag, you know, and then now they're selling out earlier and earlier and they all sold out on December 1st this year. And I think it'll go in that secular side of it where, you know, um, yeah, that makes sense for sure. Especially if there's trends of like, mm-hmm. oh, Montana is a place to be or Wyoming's a place to be, you know, people maybe quit applying for one state to apply for another. You know, I'm kind of in that boat. I don't apply for every state, um, kind of pick and choose. And obviously once you've got a few points built up, that state's kind of gotcha. Um, yeah. and you continue there, but you know, for those one-off tags, like maybe, you know, okay, here's my hunt budget for the year. Here's here's my whatever it is budget for applying for out-of-state tags. I'm not going to apply for Idaho because my odds are less or so I've been told or, you know, I guess it's, it is facts. Um, the odds have been last, less couple last years. So I'm going to apply for Wyoming now. And it just kind of, you know, dumps into Wyoming. And then all of a sudden Idaho opens up. And like you said, there's probably, that's a good point. There's definitely trends that I haven't really paid attention to, but that's interesting. Well, Wyoming is the hotbed because Trent says it's his favorite state to elk hunt. Hotbed. <laughs> hotbed. Yeah, blew that one up. That's going to be my bad on that one, guys. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> I'm that, that was until we went to Arizona, and then then it's pretty much been Arizona since. Arizona's but. not terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. It wasn't have, terrible at all. Have you guys uh, uh, spent much time in New Mexico? Not much, just one one hunt. Yeah, that was it last year, and it wasn't yeah. a great great unit that we were in. So I don't have a great thing to say. Uh, I don't have it. I mean, it was fine. Yeah, I mean, and that's you know Montana. Like you, some units are incredible, right? Mm-hmm. Like I've been in some units in Montana, especially with a bow tag, because you know you can actually hunt that unit with a bow and rifle. It's like drawing one of you know, once in a lifetime tag, but, um, I've been in some units where it's like, this is absolutely insane. Like three thirty satellite bulls screaming, like her, you know, just unbelievable. And then you go to a unit, like two units over and, and general general unit. And you're like, I cannot wait to find a spike with a four inch brow time. Cause <laughs> he's getting it. like, you know, it just, it's so variant and it's kind of the same way with deer too. You know, it's, some areas in general, you can see great bucks. And then some you're like, hell, the best year I saw was a small three by three in four days. Really? Yeah. No, that's uh, I'm, I'm relying on you. I'm relying. You said, you said you don't really look into it much, but I'm relying on you for Colorado next year. So <laughs> you, yeah, don't, don't let me down. I mean, well, I, I was looking for something like two ten, maybe a couple flyers. Something yeah. Are like you, that. are you looking for trashy or you want symmetrical and clean? Trash and trash and trash. Whatever. I'll take, I'll take, I'll take, uh, if you want a 210 trashy, I'll take a 195 clean. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. I'm going to hold you to that too. Oh, shoot. Yeah. No, it's, uh, yeah, we've been, we looked at doing it this year. And like you said, the Colorado draw this year was a little bit out. And so we, uh, we were, we kind of held back. And so maybe, maybe next year, are we, are we doing this? I'm, I'm all in. I, uh, 
had, well, as you guys know, had my first little one about six weeks ago now. So this year wouldn't have been ideal because I'm already pretty busy. Yeah. 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 That's awesome, man. Congrats. Everything's been going well with that. Yep. Yeah. Going super well. It's, uh, it's a, you learn, you know, I thought, oh, I've had hunts or trips where you just drive all night and you don't sleep and you get up and still function and go hunt. Yeah. Equating it to that's just not quite the same. The whole, <laughs> the whole sleep deprivation thing is real, but it's great. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's awesome. The kids are fun, man. Kids are so much fun. Oh yeah. Speaking so, of that. Yeah. How was the, just off topic since we're talking about life, what was uh riding like with Wyatt driving for the first time yesterday? So yeah. So my son yesterday got his permit. So as Cody knows, my memory is not very good. So I can't even remember when I got my permit. So uh, uh, anyway, so I can't really relate it to what I did at the time, but he did a good job. We got home and, and the full size pickup was probably a little bit much, so we took mom's car and uh, we did some hot laps around just country roads and back roads, kind of where I live. And um, he did he did really well. He did he learned fast. So where uh, one lap was, you know, the second lap was better than the first, and so I think it's just going to progressively get better. So uh, anyway, but it was it was good. It turned out good. So. Yeah, gosh, it doesn't. It, it seems That's like awesome. it goes fast. It goes fast, guys. I'm not going to lie to you. So pretty soon they're driving, and next thing you know, they're out on their own. Hopefully, yeah. I, I keep telling them I'm going to start a sheep fund. If we can't draw a tag, we're just going to eventually go go hunt sheep together somewhere. But hell, by then it's probably going to be eighty five thousand dollars. And yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah, put it in, put it in a compounding fund thing or whatever, an yeah. IRA, yeah. and just let that thing build. Yeah, we won't tell mom, we're, but we're doing a sheep fund. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. I love it. I love it. Well, cool, guys. Uh, yeah, we got all the stuff that I wanted to talk about done. Um, anybody have anything else? You know, again, I know we we touched on it right away, but the the updated three D is is pretty awesome like i i was pleasantly surprised i was very excited when i opened it up and and got to play with it quite a while ago as we were prototyping and stuff and um it's just way more user-friendly and it really couldn't come at a better time with scouting and everything so i think that you know product wise i think that's the one that excites me personally the most obviously we're always updating data land ownerships there's so much updating and work that goes on behind the scenes that nobody really thinks about just because, you know, it's just part of the product, but, um, a few new exciting things around the corner and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm scratching, I'm itching for September already. So I'm excited to see what you guys do with those tags this year. Dude, it's going to be here before we know it. Late November, there's pretty much a trip overlapping the entire time. Like we kind of went, uh, now what? Uh (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I saw you guys are uh, looking to hire as of today. Saw you posted. Yeah. 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 That's exciting. Uh, we're looking for a junior content creator. So we're just trying to establish that um, our, our, our filming side of the whole thing. And it's, it's super exciting, super exciting. We're, we're, we're trying maybe not to actually fly by the seat of our pants 24 seven is what we're trying to establish. But anyway, we know how it's going to end up anyway, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's really cool. That's cool. Yeah. So if you know anybody that likes to run a camera, loves to edit, wants to live in Western Oregon, 
send them our way. Or if anybody listening to this, Cody, how do they get a hold of us? Yeah, so uh, the thing there is just to send us an email, resume at boardandraisedoutdoors.com, include your resume, and we'll uh, go from there. Got a couple tests for you, and uh, we can jump through some hoops and get into the interview process. So. And we could be going on a mill deer hunt in Colorado next year with, with Dylan. That doesn't sound terrible. Yeah. Nope. We got a 210 trashy and a 195 typical buck. So it's going to be the content. The filming opportunities are endless. Yeah. Mass yeah. and trash. Mass. Yeah. Mass. Yep. Too. Oh, okay. Mass. Yeah. Can't yeah. forget that. Mass. <laughs> well, cool. Well, thank everybody for listening to this. Again, guys, we uh, just want to really drive home the fact that Onyx Maps, you do not need service to do any of this. You can do it without service. I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions. Correct, Dylan? Yep. Correct. Yeah, and they are constantly coming out with something. It's an app you download on your phone, so you get a notification every single time they update it. So it's not like you have to purchase something new. You get the newest of the new every single every single update that they throw out. So, Dylan, thank you, brother, for being on here, and um, look forward to doing this again sometime soon. Yeah, thank you, guys. Good catching up and uh, chat soon. Likewise. Uh, Appreciate see, it. See you, brother.